The Ducks lose again on Black Friday, but hey, it could always be worse, right? Right? And by the way, I'm not alone on this one. I'm joined by the guys from Locked On Sends to break down this latest defeat on Black Friday on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's hit it. You're Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I've been hosting this podcast for four seasons, and I've covered a lot of bad hockey. This might be the worst of it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm joined right now by both hosts from Locked On Sens. Two great guys. I just did the postcast with them. I I don't know what else to say at this point. It's Ross Levitan, Brandon Pillar. All right. First off, how you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> it was a, a long time between wins. It feels like it's been that way a lot for the Senators after they went four straight near the start of the season. But you know what? We had to remind ourselves talking to the fans after the game, you know, this was the Anaheim Ducks. And you know that other teams have said that about us when they beat the Ottawa Senators. They say, you know what? Pump the brakes here. Let's not start a parade or anything. They beat a bad hockey team. And I think this was two bad hockey teams that went head-to-head and somebody had to win. And uh, you know what? Glad it's not your team. Yeah. JD, you're looking good, might I add. That is a red is a great color on you. Uh, you got the similar jersey to mine in the corner here. Look, maybe uh, maybe wear a Sens jersey more often. It's uh, it's going well for you. Yeah, I'd say. Look, <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. If it was a one goal loss, I probably wouldn't do this. But God, that was such a demoralizing loss for the Ducks. I said, you know what? F it. It's Friday. I don't care right now. Plus, it's a, it's a nice jersey. Like, yeah, um, I, I didn't mind those uh, ones. Uh, JD, next time the Ducks play, which is Wade Redden being introduced into the Ring of Honor in Ottawa, I'd be down to do a mayor's bet with you. Loser wears the jersey. Although, there's not a damn chance I'm wearing that orange jersey with the old no. uh, Ducks logo on. If, if I can get my hands on the eggplant and teal... <laughs> Old Ducks jersey, I'll throw it on if the Sens lose, but uh, not wearing that orange one. But yeah, once again, you look great in the red, and uh, <laughs> Ross is bringing us a surprise here. Who knows what this? Well, is this be. this one's from this one's probably yes. from like ninety. There we go. Yes. I like that one. Yes, ninety five. So Ross will wear I, I that. I honestly don't think. Let, let's see if it'll fit over top. Like, there's a no chance. Oh, not after all that's... the Popeyes chicken you've been eating lately. I, I will say eggplants and jade is goaded. That is it's the, the best. best. It's, it's the, the best. best colorway ever. Yep. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that looks almost as good, Ross. Almost as good. <laughs> you got to keep it on now. Let's go. All right, JD. All right. Keep it going here. All right. Keep wait, us on wait, the rails. Let's go. You know what? My first Ducks jersey. Looks the same, by the way. <laughs> it fits almost the same way. Um, sure. So let's talk about just the game at large at first. 
This is Sorry, awesome. Go ahead, go ahead. This, this we is... got a laugh. We're in thirty first and thirty second overall. We got, we got to have some laughs here. We got, That's we got to laugh about this. Um, yeah. You know what? The Ducks actually did not look all that bad in the first period. They at least outshot the Sens. They were at least outplaying them somewhat for the first maybe 10, 12 minutes. I mean, that's not. I'm not reaching here, right? I mean, the Senators didn't have a shot on net for the first seven minutes of the game. It took them a while to get going. I think maybe uh, all that sunshine and starting at 12 o'clock was a little different for the Sens. But after things got rolling here and the Sens got their first goal, they didn't look back after that. And, J.D., we were praying. All I wanted to see from the Sens was to score two unanswered goals. Well, they got five of them, which felt pretty damn good for an Ottawa Senators fan because they haven't been able to string along goals. And yes, we got to put the precursor on there. Unfortunately, I'm not dunking on the Ducks too much here, but they are last in the league, so you can't hang your hat uh, too proudly when you put a five spot on them. But it was nice to see the Ottawa Senators were able to dominate in that fashion and... uh, the Ducks special teams, like, it is wild that the power play and the penalty kill are both collapsing together so terribly. And that was on the forefront of this game is the special teams battle, eh, JD? The special teams has been a big issue for the Ducks. And broken record, JD, has said, the Ducks allowed a power play goal. The Ducks allowed a power play goal. The Ducks allowed a power play goal. I've been saying it maybe almost every game this season where they have allowed at least one power play goal and to allow three of them on this game. That's about right. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. Without Jamie Drysdale and John Klingberg, the defense is eh, lacking. And with certain guys not being on the PK, who should be on the PK, yeah, maybe maybe some coaching changes need to be done pretty soon after this game, especially yeah, that, that's a different topic, but just for this particular game, yeah, the PK just looked bad. It looked bad all throughout. Kulikov did not look good, and there was a lot of guys that did not look good on the PK for the Ducks. I mean, Silverberg still kind of maybe battling that injury. Lundestrom just did not look good, and why do we have... Shattenkirk still on the penalty kill right now. Maybe because Drysdale's out and because Klingberg's out. It, it's bad. Yeah, not a lot of options, unfortunately, at that point. Yeah, but I want to talk about the Sens really quick because I want to talk about Brady Kachuk a little bit on this game. He was on one from pretty much the get-go. So I'll talk about Brady Kachuk for a little bit. I mean, this guy brings it every night. There's not a night that the Sens play where he's an issue. Like, there's been a lot of issues this year and over the last number of years. It's still crazy to me that some people have this perception of him that he's just this goon that can't can't skate, can't do anything. For my money, he's the best power forward in the National Hockey League. He's big. Nobody wants to fight him. Like, Ryan Strom, obviously, different weight class, oh. different anything. That's just standing up for your teammate and, and a rookie at that, like, uh, that's our Jamie Drysdale, right? They went one pick apart in the draft. Ottawa takes Jake Sanderson at five, then Drysdale goes six. Unfortunate we didn't have that storyline today with yeah. Drysdale being out with a long-term injury. But yeah, there's no doubt. You can see on Ryan Strom's face. He's like, 
Oh, yeah, I guess I kind of have to go. Uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a, a rookie down in the numbers, we got to do this. But Brady hasn't lost a fight since his rookie year, and even when he was a rookie, he was still beating up captains. Like he gave Shea Weber a yeah. good go uh, when he was 20 years old. Like this kid, he's he's really built just like his dad was. Like Matthew's got a little more of the flash, a little more of the dazzle. He goes between the legs all the time. You know, he he's got probably a bit more skill off the rush, mm-hmm. but there's not a player in in tight quarters, front of the net battles that I would want on my team more than Brady Kachuk. He is, uh, he's the perfect captain in my opinion, the way he handles himself off the ice, like everything about him just screams, screams franchise player. And I just can't wait until the day we get to see that guy play in the playoffs, because to think that there's another gear of competitiveness and intensity into his game, it's hard for me to believe, but you know, the playoffs ramps everyone up that much more. So it's going to be an exciting day. If, and when that gets, uh, gets to come true in Ottawa. Yeah, um, we're up against it. So if you guys want to stick around for short bits, I got to talk, talk about our friends at Bet Online first. Bet Online is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as we try to bet on if Ross can get that off without tearing the jersey. Um, <laughs> bet online doesn't have odds on if ross can get that off effectively but there are lines on the nba nhl baseball's dead to us football and if you live in a state other than california then you can check out bet online which also has mma boxing etc and you guys like bet online too don't you oh yeah we love bet online jd especially yeah the korea jersey it's looking good especially when the Ottawa Senators win, I cashed in a couple shekels on Bet Online today, so you love to see it. Yep. By the way, Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. And by gambling responsibly, maybe don't put any money on the Ducks right now. Just <laughs> don't do it. And don't bet on the Coyotes. I gotta be honest, after the Ducks beat the Rangers, I said, watch them lose. It's a Black Friday matinee. Probably gonna lose. I, I was right. <laughs> I, I hated being right on that one. So I wanna continue their Brady Kachuk talk because I was waiting for him to get an assist in the third period because I was totally expecting him to get a Gordie Howe hat trick, weren't you? Yeah, it would have been nice because. That's the ultimate Brady Kachuk story. He, Like Ross said, views of him around the league are so off. Everybody thinks he's going to be a 45-point guy, a third-line winger. No, not at all. This guy has evolved his game. He can score, he can fight, and he can be a disher too. He's able to set guys up, and oftentimes he creates chaos around the net, and that leads to good scoring chances for his teammates and line mates especially. So a Gordie Howe hat-trick would have been nice for Brady, but... I can tell you for sure, Brady would rather take the W than the Gordie Howe hat trick at this point. Yeah. Well, Brady Kachuk is also, he's got his own. Like the Brady Kachuk hat trick is a goal, a fight, and eight shots on goal. Like when this guy's on his game, he puts so many pucks on net. And of course, he led the the team in shots today. And he's one of those rare guys, too. I think Jamie Benn is another one. There's a couple others around the league where they're full time wingers, but then they just take face offs and snap it back at like 70%. Like, they're just bulls, and, and they're able to just get low, use the torque, use their strength, 
And, Claude Drew, and another one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he was a bit different in the sense that he started as a center. And then I, I don't know why he was moved over the wing, the whole thing. Oh, but I yeah, got a like, guest, by the way. Hey, there you go. Cutie. <laughs> That's a big win. That's how you get the views on here way up, eh? Yeah. What What's their name? Uh, this one's name is Zuri. Zuri, how are you, nice. Zuri? Z. Yep. Yeah, Z, big, big Zaitsev fan. Yep. <laughs> She's a big Zegris fan. Nice, I believe it. Just as fast, too. Oh, yeah? Yep. She oh, hums around the park? She, I'm going to let her down. She can pretty much chase any cat out of the yard, any possum, any any intruder that comes in, and nice. she will chase away. She's the ultimate two-way player. Love it. Um, Gosh, what else are we going to talk about? Brady Kachuk. You know, I, I will agree that I think he is going to be one of the pre- or is already one of the premier forwards in this league as it is. And, you know, the volume shots, you know, they, they happen. And the you call it the Kachuk trick? We could call it that if you yeah. want. Yeah, basically um, just, like just in, intimidate, score, and get every single thing you can on net. Yeah, which kind of segues into something else I wanted to talk about. First off, the Ducks were getting frustrated at the second period, they were taking stupid penalty after stupid penalty after stupid penalty. You know, the Vetrano penalty. Why? Why right there? The Colton White, I, that was a dumb penalty. The Colton White penalty was dumb. Mason McTavish, okay, whatever. But Ryan Strom, first off, taking that dumb cross check against Sanderson, that was dumb. Look, Strom, I'm just going to say it. He got his ass kicked. He got his ass kicked on that fight. And the look that Strom had, you could say, what what was he thinking? And this is something else the Ducks have had issues with, is a lack of discipline, which in part leads to their bad penalty killing. They're just taking dumb penalty after dumb penalty. Did it seem like the Ducks were just completely off their hinges by the end of that second period? Yeah, big time. Like, especially when uh, when they took a penalty, the Sens scored, and then they take a penalty right after, and Tim Stutzla scores in a matter of seconds. Like, you really could tell that. Yeah, it was these these seconds. are penalties. Yeah, it was just a couple seconds. Like, these are penalties of a frustrated team that's a step behind, and they're trying to catch up, and it just wasn't working for them. So, that's tough for the Anaheim Ducks because. The Ottawa Senators, if you give that power play too many opportunities, they've got a lot of firepower there. Sure, it doesn't always click, but eight opportunities, you're going to hope you can beat up against the 31st penalty kill in the league there. Yeah, which will also lead to kind of something critical that I want to talk about as far as the penalty killing. There's one particular guy that I know you guys had a great meme about over the summer, and I still love it. The Mason McTavish meme that you guys put up when he had that game-saving, um, goal-stopping... Gold medal-saving. The gold medal-saving yeah. save. McTavish, during the World Juniors, was used on the penalty kill a lot. And he's a very capable defender. Why Coach Dallas Eakins is not putting him on that role? Why? It boggles my mind, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I was I was expecting to see him a lot more out there. What did he play like fourteen minutes in this game? It, it feels like, and I know it's a blowout. Maybe you're just rolling four lines, whatever it is. But I really felt like there was an opportunity for him to be be a little more involved in it. It kind of felt like he was he was chasing the play a little bit when he was out there too. Uh, I don't know what it is. Obviously, it takes some guys. He played sixteen thirty though at the end of the day, although five minutes on the power play, so really about eleven minutes uh, at even strength, but. Yeah, 33% in the circle, three shots. Didn't really notice him as much of a threat, though. Like To me, the only the only guy who, when he was on the ice, like looked dangerous was Troy Terry and Zegers to a lesser extent. But when Terry gets the puck, he gets a little bit of a jump in his step, it felt like. So I, I could see him being a dangerous guy. But other than that, like the, the, there wasn't a whole lot. Like now I'm not even saying that it is banter or anything like that. It's just there wasn't a whole lot of Anaheim's game that I was like, wow, yeah, this is a good team. Troy Terry, to me, has been that guy for the whole season. I've been on board saying, even three years ago, that Troy Terry was going to have a breakout year. And I'm a big Troy Terry defender. And he's finally proved me right on that on that regard. I could see him as a 90-point player even this season. He's averaging a point a game right now. When he gets the puck on his stick, he doesn't quite... I mean, Zegras' hands are magical. But Troy Terry has some A-plus hands himself, and he's got the capability to dish the puck whenever he has to. And he's got the speed to get across the neutral zone with somewhat relative ease. And on this game, he did try to get some good shots off. But when Zegris gets double-teamed like he was, and when Adam Henrique was just getting neutralized on that end, not much you can do after that. Yeah, that's tough. What what did you think about the Ducks' decision to go with uh, Stolares here instead of Gibson? Um, I thought Stoli... I I thought he deserved a game. Gibby saved that game on Wednesday, and I had a feeling it was going to see Stolares in net on this one, mainly because you don't want to push Gibby out there too much, especially on what I now consider a lost season you don't want to put Gibby out to dry and maybe get him injured. And Stolarz up into up until today had been a pretty capable goaltender for the Ducks. He's been a good backup. Today not indicative of that by the way at all. But looking at some of his prior games, he's he's had shutouts before against other opponents and he's looked fine just not on this one. And this season has been a struggle for him just because of where they use him in the roster and how often they play him, which is not. Gibby's been pushed already to the brink right now. Who's going to be trade bait for this team? Like, who who do you think is going to be gone by the deadline? Klingberg. But he has a no-movement clause until after January 1st. So they can't they can't actually trade him for the next let's see today's the twenty fifth they cannot trade him for another thirty seven days. That's an interesting no move clause. I never heard of a specific date one, but that's smart. Like every single person in the hockey community knew when he signed that one year deal, it was a trade bait deal. Yeah, I think the Ducks were hoping that he'd have a better productive season. Yeah, and they were they were also hoping that they'd be somewhere better in the standings. Remember preseason, I mean, I had the Ducks not in a playoff spot, but I had them doing a little bit better. And some experts said, oh, Anaheim should take a step up this year. 
Nope, they've taken like four steps back. It can't get much worse. You can't get worse. <laughs> How can it get worse? <laughs> How? I mean, they lose 10-1 to the Coyotes. That's how it can get worse. I mean, I'm I'm really trying to think at this point. Like, if they lose 7-1 to to the Kraken coming up. If they lose all four of their upcoming road games. That's how it could possibly get worse. I could see the Ducks getting demolished in Ottawa. I think it's three weeks from now. The Ducks could get crushed up there. So, you guys, when we talk on December... Yeah, you might have some fun with that one. Just saying. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's uh, Wade Redden is being honored, uh, going into the Ring of Honor for the Ottawa Senators. So uh, part of me thinks that was a strategic planned night. Uh, the Ducks are in town. Let's uh, let's honor some alumni tonight. <laughs> and then their other uh, honored game is against Chicago. In, uh, in yeah, the Chris Neal retirement. February. Yeah, so well, that's they, no they, coincidence there. <laughs> they're handpicking opponents. I love it. Yeah, no coincidences there. Okay, now the big topic that I want to get to, which everyone online is talking about, Dallas Eakins. Dallas Eakins not using all his players properly. You had mentioned you thought you'd see more of McTavish, and we didn't. You thought we'd see more of McTavish on the penalty kill especially. And we haven't. Who, what coaches are even out there right now? Or who could be a coach like me out there for next season? Because I haven't even thought. Well, that I think far. the first thing the first thing you should do is is take a look at Pat Verbeek and see who he has a connection with. Because mm. I think we've seen that time and time again. People like to go with their own guys. Most recent example is Detroit. Steve Eiserman poaches one of the assistants he had in Tampa to be the head coach in Detroit. So I think that's that's where you should start. Where did Pat Verbeek come from, and who is someone that might be ready to step in? I think to give a guy a first opportunity would be probably the way to go for Anaheim. Like you've got a young team right now. I think someone that can teach, someone that can motivate. That's probably what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for an experienced guy, an Ottawa native who's scouting right now for St. Louis, he's he's at all the Sens games. Is Claude Julien? He's got a great track record, right, with Boston, uh, going way back and a little less. Um, how do I say this? a little less solid of a track record with Montreal, but with Boston, he had a hell of a time. So, um, no, I think that would be an interesting uh, name. Elaine Vigneault, another Ottawa native, uh, would, be, would be another interesting choice. Um, but there's, there's certainly some talent who's sitting on the sidelines. Rick Tockett is on TNT. He wants to get back behind a bench. Um, so the, it's interesting. But um, who, who's the head coach in uh, San Diego? Is it possible they'd just promote from within? Well, I mean, they tried that with Eakins, and I don't know True. if they're loving that. <laughs> True. Uh, right now, the goals head coach is Roy Summer. Who, okay. For all intents and purposes, this might be his last go-around coaching in general because Roy Summer oh, yeah? is no spring chicken. Now, he was the longtime coach for the San Jose Barracuda. He coached the Worcester Sharks back when they were still in Worcester. <laughs> so he's been around a long time. I don't see him moving up. Interesting. All right. Well, then you, at that point, it's probably less likely they're going to do it in season then. Unless I know Anaheim has uh, Mike Stuthers is kind of a veteran assistant coach. He could be a guy that kind of gets the interim tag. But at this 
at that point, Pilsy and I were talking about that because there's been a lot of, of uh, discourse around Ottawa about their coaching staff right now. And it's like, it's just such a punt on the season if you name a guy an interim and then figure it out in the offseason. Like, Ottawa did that with Mark Crawford. And it's just, it makes no sense. Just just ride it out. I know it, at some point you probably feel like you have to do something. Mm-hmm. But I think the play is just ride it out. Do it in the summer. You get more options. And then all the teams that fire their coaches at the end of the year, all of a sudden they become available too. So, um, yeah, I think if you're if you're Anaheim, you've already lasted, what, four seasons with this guy? Yep. Dallas Eakins? What's, yep. what's another couple of months? They're not – what's the difference whether they finish 32nd or 31st? Like, uh, I think you just, yeah, regroup in the summer, especially with a new GM. Like, yeah, that, that would be how I'd play it out. I mean, I even said before the season began that we need to test our patience this season. Like, my number one word, have patience. And maybe maybe my optimism was thinking the Ducks would be a little bit better this season where it would be easier to take in that patience. I think Dallas Eakins' time is pretty much almost up. I thought it was up last season. There was a number of coaches that were out there just this past summer that I thought would have been great hires. You know, Bruce Cassidy. Look at Bruce Cassidy. Look at the job he's doing with the Golden Knights. He's done Another better, Ottawa guy. Better than I thought. And I would have loved to have snatched Bruce Cassidy up. Or Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice would have been another interesting choice, to say, to say the least. So there was already two guys out there that I said, why not him? Why not? Or could have brought back Bruce Boudreau. You know, Bruce had some time in Anaheim before. Could have brought him back. You never know. And, yeah, the time is up. It's been up since two years ago. So part of me saying, what are the Ducks waiting for? But to your point, what's another two, three months? And slap an interim tag. And I like Coach Stutz a lot. Coach Stutz is one of my favorite, not just coaches, one of my favorite humans out there. Yeah, I, oh, your dog's a cutie too. I love it. By the way, a bit of a personal story. Um, back when Stutz was coaching the Ontario Reign, Stutz would bring his little puppy to the rink. Nice. And it was a little puppy back then, and he would bring it. And it was super well-behaved too. So Stutz is a big, big, big dog person, by the way. Alfie is very poorly behaved, but that's why we love him. But Alfie's such a great name for that dog. Yeah, well, uh, hey, I always say if you yell Alfie at a dog park, every dog starts charging towards you. It's <laughs> got to be the most common dog name in Ottawa. For good reason, by the way. And by the way, yeah, I just legend. I just have to say this right now. Uh, congrats on the Hall of Famer, the newest Thanks. Hall I, of Famer. We earned it. We earned it. I, watched, I watched that one from beginning to end. And that that speech was awesome, hey? It was. It really was. So Yeah, you can tell how you can tell how he was been such a respected leader over all those years for sure. Yep. So I I'm a big hockey guy. I gotta give my props where props is due. Big time. Uh, just to just to round out the little Eakins thing. There was a quote that I retweeted and I said it on your postcast. I feel like I need to say this to the Ducks fans out there as well, and I think this bears repeating. So I'm just going to quote it as is. A coaching change is not about squeezing out a playoff spot. It's about finding out what you have in this roster before making larger changes. 
and establishing better on-ice habits for when this team eventually competes again. That's correct. The Ducks will not make the playoffs this year. They're not. But they need to find out their strengths in this roster. They're not going to get it with Eakins. Eakins is not setting up anybody except for maybe Zegris and Terry for success. He's misusing Mason McTavish. Big time. He's misusing even Stroman Vetrano, his newest guys from the Rangers. They're all being misused right now, and it's a shame. It's it's just a shame. The Ducks should be doing better. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, JD. I'm sorry. We can commiserate, though. Like, we understand. Yeah, we get it. There's been a lot of uh, coaching coaching conversations around Ottawa right now, so um, it's tough. But what you have to do, and I feel like Anaheim's one, maybe two years behind Ottawa in terms of amassing young talent, right? It kind of started in 2019 with Zegras, then you get Drysdale, McTavish in 2021. Um, you just have to focus on the individual players and how they're getting better. But then, of course, it makes it frustrating because under Guy Boucher, Brady Kachuk was playing like second line minutes even still. So that's kind of where they're at, I feel, where it took Zegers a long time to earn that 1C uh, or 1 first line um, pedigree. But with McTavish, yeah, you, they got to figure it out with him. Because, I mean, even even in his role playing less than I think he should, still has 10 points on the year, right? So yeah. you, you got to give these guys these reps so that when the games matter more, isn't it so much more beneficial for these mistakes that they're bound to make to happen when it's they're losing 6-2 now instead of having it be like the game-deciding play. I think it's a huge, huge learning curve to be in the NHL. And like we see that with Timmy. Timmy's still learning. But he's he's already 115, 120 games into his NHL career. Even more. He's probably closer to 200 now that I mention it. And he's still only 20 years old. But he's been through all these battles already. He's seen so much that you expect the maturity to come a little bit sooner. Yeah, I feel like Stutzla is ahead of a lot of the Ducks players right now. And to your to your point, I feel like McTavish could be further along if there was a better coach at the helm right now. That's what's disappointing about it. And even Drysdale a little bit. I think Drysdale had been misused even last season. And to go back to what you said, I remember just venting about Trevor Zegers getting benched time and time and time again. And even up to last season, he got healthy scratched multiple times, even last year. So it's been frustrating all around. That's what gets me the most. I, I see you nodding, Brandon. Yeah, that's we, we've been through that with, uh, you know, the team is losing and you're hoping that prospects get a chance and coaches don't want to, they're hesitant towards that. But like the thing that happened in Ottawa, JD, is eventually it got to a point where the coach literally had no ground to stand on playing veterans ahead of prospects. Because regardless of experience, age, size, mentality, whatever you want to call it, the prospects were just better. Like they were just better ice hockey players than the veteran guys when it all came down to it. And that's when the coach made, had no choice, but to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to win games. I don't give a damn about the tank. I'm putting the best players out there. And eventually those prospects won out and, uh, and they had to earn their spots, which is frustrating for fans. But sometimes 
Patience is a virtue and you got to be patient. And those prospects are going to develop. They are going to get there. It just takes time. Yeah. Well, um, I think we've talked about, we've beaten that Eakins thing with a dead horse. Or, you know what I mean. You know the saying. (laughs) (laughs) I always mess up the sayings too, JD. Don't worry about it. It happens. But I thank you all for coming. I thank you both for coming on and for not having me talk for 25 minutes. Because my voice, as you can tell, is not 100% right now <laughs> hey you're golden jd let's we do this you. again uh let's do this again after the sends and ducks play their second meeting december 12th it's a monday night yeah that'll be fun for you guys I two feel. weeks ne- two weeks on monday yeah actually i won't be in california that day neither will i me neither just <laughs> just for uh clarity's sake <laughs> Uh, but where can the fine folks find your podcast and where can they find you on the socials? Pilsy? No, oh, Ross, this is no, your. I always do it. Segment. I always do it. You do it. Okay, here we go. I know the socials so well. You can find us on Twitter at Send Central. Woo! You can find myself, Brandon Pillar, at Brandon Pillar1 on Twitter. You can find Ross at Ross Levitan on Twitter. And let's see if I get this. Find us on Instagram at lockedon.senators. Yeah. Yeah, see I know it. I know it. Find and us on there. TikTok. The TikTok and don't we don't we got Reddit going too? We got we got yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah Reddit okay. I still I still don't understand it. We're we're figuring out the Reddit. So hit us up on Reddit and we'll get going there. The best way you can help the show is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel. <laughs> and likewise, you can find me on the Twitter at stimpyjd. And the show Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks, where I've just been ranting all season long about why McTavish is not getting more minutes. Why? Um, you can check us out at, uh, let's see. Uh, hey, YouTube, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Helps out a lot. And all over on the audio side, let's see, there's Podbean, there's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, there's Spotify, Spotify. Yeah. Stitcher. Oh. Not smoke signal. Um, maybe someone has a ham radio. Yeah, sure. Why not? That too. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit punchy. After that kind of loss, you get a little bit punchy in the head. Yeah, uh, just don't be the Ryan Strom of punchy. Try to give some out. Don't just take them. Oh, oh. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, if you want to drop a line, email lockedonanaheimducks at gmail.com. You guys have an email? Yeah, locked on Anaheim Ducks at gmail.com. Once again, thanks to Ross and Brandon. Really appreciate having you guys on and can't wait to do this again. Our pleasure. Let's try to have the same result. That was a lot of fun. And yes, I wore the jersey. When when you get demolished that bad, you just say F it and go with the with the jersey. But you know what? It's a cool jersey. It is. I just want to make sure I still fit in that Anaheim Ducks jersey. If you don't know what I'm saying, you got to go watch this on YouTube. Yeah. By the way, the cool thing about this jersey, the little hidden years on there. Yeah. Yep. Hey, so, hey, when someone says the Sens never won the Stanley Cup, let them know. Let them know, JD. They won Cup. I'm a smart, educated hockey fan. <laughs> yeah, it's usually just Leaf fans that say that. We know they're not. So, Well, they're Leaf blowers anyway. <laughs> oh. Once again, thanks for sticking around, and thanks to all you fans in Ducksland for sticking around. 
That was Brandon Pillar and Ross Levitan. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, folks. Be safe out there on Black Friday weekend. Please be kind to one another, including all other Ducks fans. And Ducks fly eh, together. <laughs>